I think it's just one of those things that you have to be cognizant of because it is a dangerous thing. Um, If you do not manage it, you can easily get swallowed by it, you know? And I make sure when I'm like maybe um, not feeling great, like maybe, you know, we all go through some sort of dips during the year. Um, Be cognizant, like stay away from it because what it's going to do is just lure you in. And that's what people do, end up going and having a lot more drinks. So I'm a lot more aware of it. Welcome to the tribe. This is your weekly podcast from Tribe Sober. Whether you're already sober, striving to be sober, or just plain sober curious, you need a tribe. You need a tribe because it's so hard to do this alone. You need a tribe because you need support. And that's where we come in. Here at Tribe Sober, we've got your back. Here at Tribe Sober, we have people at all stages of the journey, all helping each other to stay on track. On this podcast, we've got recovery stories to inspire you, experts to inform you, and plenty of advice on how to ditch the drink and change your life. So here's your host, tribe leader, Janet Gorond. Hello, hello, and welcome to the Tribe Sober podcast. My name is Janet Goron. I'm the founder of Tribe Sober, and I'm your host for this podcast. We say to people, once you've crossed a line with your drinking, there's actually no going back. And in fact, most of the people that find their way to us have crossed that line. However, this week, I'm chatting to an exception to that rule, a young South African called Hotatso Mika, who never even came close to crossing that line. I don't think he could even see that line in the distance. However, he was clever enough to want to learn more about his relationship with alcohol at the tender age of 32. How impressive is that? I began our conversation by asking Hotatso to tell us a bit about himself. Okay, well, my name is Hotatso. I live in Johannesburg, in Ilovo, and I am a property developer by profession. I'm a 35-year-old male, and um, yeah, I'd like to think I'm a regular old chap. (laughs) Excellent. Um, So so take me back to when you first started thinking about alcohol and your relationship with alcohol, and, you know, you looked around, and I remember you told me years ago, you know, you thought that people in your industry, because I think you were in banking then, that they just seemed to drink so much, and you were beginning to question the whole culture. So, I mean, I started my career, I mean, I mean, probably not, but I started my career in um, investment banking and, um, yeah, asset management, and, I mean, from day one that 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 was just part of the culture you're coming from varsity where <laughs> of course you get whacked half the time and then you go into this career where it's also part and parcel like you work hard i mean very very hard but then you also party hard and that's just how things were um and i don't even think it's a banking thing because i've got friends from different sectors and that's just how people do it um I mean, I can only largely speak for people of my generation and age group. Um, and yeah, people work hard um, and they party hard. And then I moved to Cape Town, um, I think it was like 2014 or something, which was an interesting place and space. Um, I, I found Cape Town quite an enabling city in that it allowed you to be you, whoever you are. And um, I think I had a lot of 
space and made friends from all walks of life, um, all ages, races, or you know, different careers, etc. And um, yeah, I suppose I was introduced to new ways of life, so to speak. Um, started really taking a huge liking into things like yoga, running, etc. And um, I think it was about what three years ago when um, I really started thinking, like, oh, is this how I want to live the rest of my life? You know, and I'm by no means an alcoholic or anything, but you know, still every Friday, Saturday, Friday you go out and have a few beers, and I mean by a few, it's like, you know what I mean? By the end of the night, you've had six beers and maybe a shot or two, like cheapers. It's not sustainable. And um, I think when I started running, I had to limit my intake uh, on Fridays because, like, I want to go for a run on Saturday. And you wake up and you feel great. And um, I had done, like, in January, um, it's funny, you have your dry January, but in January, I used to have my own dry January where, like, you do a whole detox after hectic December. Um, And I thought, like, I mean, I want to actually just do this for a little bit longer. Um, and just see what effects that would have and just break out of this cycle and this habit, right? Because everyone around you is doing it. And alcohol is just one of those things where if you're not doing it, people almost like <laughs> enforce it on you. And But I, I knew that I needed support. And, you know, the world's a bit extreme. It's either no support or you have like AA, which is like Alcoholics Anonymous. And... Well, two things. I, I I'm not an alcoholic, but also two. It's just it's got its own, you know, misconceptions about it. So I needed I needed people around me, and I needed support. And I don't even know how I came across World Without Wine. And I thought I think maybe a friend of mine sent me a link or something. And I thought, gee, this is a this is a cool concept. Um, it sounds like just what I'm looking for, just normal people who want to either cut down on drinking or stop drinking in totality. Um, and then I remember I just uh, I emailed you, I think it was like last minute, and I was like, hey, uh, this is who I am, uh, sort of looking for. Um, and then, yeah, you told me about the next uh, next time you were holding a, hosting a workshop. And... Um, yeah, and I came, and it was exactly what I was, what I was looking for. Awesome, yeah, and I'll, I'll always remember, um, you know, how we do shares at the beginning of the workshops, and uh, we ask people really what their their motivation for coming along is, and it's usually pretty much the same. People have gradually over the years got more and more dependent on alcohol, but yours was quite different because uh, I always remember, and you're still the only one who's ever said this, <laughs> but you said that you wanted to be sharper at work. You know, you were very ambitious, and you were surrounded by all these really heavy drinking people. So you thought, well, maybe it would give you an advantage. Yeah. And, and I mean, it, it goes along with where I was in the, at that point in life where, you know, for me, it's not like life works in tandem holistically. So mind, body, soul. And as I was getting older, I mean, it's probably like, what, 32, 33 at the time. Um, just starting to take my health seriously and 
you know, just kind of planning, like, actually, where do I want to <laughs> take my life? You know, I want to be, you know, at 40 or 45 or whatever, I want to be healthy um, physically. Uh, I want to be healthy emotionally. And I want to be healthy mentally and, 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 and do well in my career. And what do I need to do that? Um, I mean, you know, if you want to get a six pack or whatever it is, you <laughs> cut down on sugar, fat, you eat healthy, you exercise, and your career, what do you do? Okay, you work harder, but then you want to perform at your level best. And what do you need to achieve that? And for me, one of the things that I identified was how excessive alcohol uh, slows you down. And, and you know, we're all different. For some people, they can have, I mean, a whole bottle of wine and tomorrow come back as sharp as ever. Some people can have a glass of wine and that has a major effect. And I felt I want to try that and I want to like give everything and put everything into, into this career that I'm really passionate about um, and, and be able to perform at my level best. And that really was one of my motivations at the time. Um, and yeah, I think I'd like to say it did work and it did have an effect. You're listening to a podcast from Tribe Sober. If you'd like to join our warm and welcoming community, just head on over to tribesober.com and hit the membership tab. That's www.tribesober.com. So after the workshop, I seem to remember uh, you carried on and you did at least 100 alcohol-free days. Uh, do you remember how, how you felt? Were you feeling Yeah. I mean, I remember, I remember thinking like, okay, 100 is a bit, uh, whew, I don't know about 100, you know? And then it was, during, it was during your workshop because it's not a – I found your workshops very friendly and just – it was just information, right? It's not like you were, you had any agendas or anything. It was like, no, this is alcohol. This is what it does. All the stuff that no one tells you about, you know, you kind of know that it's unhealthy or whatever, but when you actually now can pinpoint why it's unhealthy, what it does to you over the long term, um, what's considered acceptable and you're like, cheapers. Wow. And I knew, I remember just like sitting maybe two, two and a half hours into your workshop. And I was like, I'm definitely doing a hundred days. I'm definitely <laughs> doing a hundred days and I'm going to, and I'm definitely going to make it. And, um, yeah, I left and I just started and I did my hundred days and I just felt so incredible that I was like, ah, why would I want to stop now? You know, let me just, let me just carry on. And I think I ended up not having a drop of alcohol for, almost six months what it's done for me is it made me a lot more conscious and a lot more confident to go out and if i if i don't feel like drinking that night i just don't do it and i don't owe anyone any explanations uh, it's made me a lot more conscious in terms of how much i do consume um, whether you're getting drunk or not, uh, because sometimes you can have like four or five glasses of wine and not be drunk if you have a, a high tolerance like myself. But after like the second glass, I would be like, um, do I really want to put more of this stuff into my body? So um, I'd say in the last few years, uh, as much as I am uh, drinking again, I've, com- I've, I'm sure 
I've more than halved my uh, drinking. And um, yeah, I'm a lot more responsible about it and a lot more conscious of what I am doing. And 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 you actually, and I actually still see like amongst my peers how oof, like you'll go out on a Friday and jeez, people just knock it back. And I'm like, if it wasn't for that period, that workshop and that time that I took out, mm-hmm. that could easily be me. And I'm yeah. glad I'm not caught up in that web anymore. Yeah, yeah, it's wonderful to be able to separate from it a little. But did you um, feel a lot of peer pressure when you were doing your 100 days? Because you were still mixing with the same kind of people, still going out on the Friday, I presume. Were they giving you a hard time? or? Yeah, I mean, um, that's that's just what people do, right? The minute you're not drinking, it's like, come on, let me buy you this or what. And, but I mean, I've got a relatively strong personality and for me, it was like, Hey man, dude, I don't owe you anything. If anyone here is going to be doing the judging, it should be me. Right. Yes. <laughs> Back off, you it know? never works that way though, does it? It's what do they say? Yeah. Alcohol is the only drug you have to justify not taking. And, and, and that, that, I mean, that's the thing that you always say in your workshops and that, that I, I was prepared going out yes. of it because it because of like that line. I remember that yeah. very distinctly that Good. alcohol is the only drug that you have yeah. to just justify yeah. not doing. And and you know, and I've asked my uh, my friends when when we're out and they're trying to make me justify it. I'll ask them like what are you gonna get out of me drinking? What why are you a fully grown man or woman on my case about choosing not to consume alcohol? You know, don't get upset. Just ask them logically. And uh, I just find, like, logic often sends mm. people um, dwindling away, you know? Yeah, so, and as, as you say, if anybody is judging, it should be us sober ones. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So, yeah, there was peer pressure, but, like, that's for the first week or two, and then they realize, hey, let's not uh, get into that conversation. <laughs> yeah, I think once, once they realize you're serious, it's it's, yeah. it's a bit like dieting, isn't it? You know, if, if you've had a, a piece of cake and there's more cake going round and you say, oh, I shouldn't really have a second slice, people pick it up if you're not serious and they go, oh, go on. But if, yeah. you're, if you're confident and assertive, then, you know, they'll, they'll leave you alone, I think, in my experience. Yeah, and, and often you could, I also ended up seeing how jealous, some people ended up being because mm. a lot of people don't realize that they actually have a problem. And you just challenge them and say, just mm. go two weekends about it, bro. Just two weekends. And then they think about it and they're like, oh, I don't know if I want to do that. And I'm like, yeah, exactly. <laughs> so I'm on one three, so calm down, please. <laughs> Calm down. Yeah, I like it. I wanted to ask you, because I know you've lived uh, here in Cape Town and in Joburg, is the drinking culture different? You know, but because as a foreigner here, as you know, I've been told that in Joburg, it's, I know it's exceptional times at the moment, but people used to tell me in Joburg, it's very kind of social because there isn't so much sporty stuff to do. So in fact, there's more drinking there. What What would you oh, say? Oh, I back last year in January and and I'm from Joburg, right? But like the four and a half odd years that I spent in Cape Town completely changed 
my whole life because it just worked for me. You know, the sea, um, the outdoors, um, nature about Cape Town was just like, it, it was fantastic. There was options. There was, there was a lot one could do. Um, and moving back to Joburg, I really struggled, Janet. I really, really struggled because Joburg, as much as got like 12 million people or whatever the number is, or Gauteng, 12 million people, um, you would think there's a lot more options. And I find it very monotonous, you know? <laughs> Everyone is like in some sort of corporate career. Um, and yeah, people do the same jobs. They hang out in the same places. They, you know, they all do the same things for fun. And a lot of things that just didn't really tickle my fancy. You know, I, I, I enjoy going out, but more for like dinners and brides or, you know, going to a wine farm, discovering new restaurants, etc. Whereas around here, you know, it's about that whole Friday, Saturday, Friday going out to the different bars and pubs and getting absolutely sloshed. And then Saturday, some or other party, more drinking. And that's, and that's what I realized. People in Joburg work hard. That's why you yeah. see a lot of successful people um, in their very, very nice cars. And um, they drink a hell of a lot. I actually was speaking to someone that I hadn't seen today earlier on. And he was like, how are you finding Joburg? And I was like, I mean, now I'm a little bit used to it, but all people do here is work and drink. And he was like, yeah, that's what that's what we do here. And, they, and they're kind of like proud of it, you know? Um, yeah. So there's a huge difference in the... In the drinking culture, yeah, massive, massive. Uh, and, and I think that's why I've also struggled to make friends here. Mm. Um, I've, I've met some really cool people when you go out, but like every single weekend, it, it's a hard weekend, you know. Like they they go hard, and I'm like, oh man, it's such a pity. I can't hang out with X and Y anymore because it's just it's just hectic, you know. And 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 it gets tiring, like being looked at as a guy who doesn't go as hard as everyone else, you know, and then you end up like sort of cutting ties with some, um, with some people. You're listening to a podcast from Tribe Sober. Do you still manage to, to do some sport? You know, are you still into your yoga and your running and whatever? I mean, uh, look, uh, <laughs> I'm definitely still sporty. I mean, I'm in for a, run in the eight degrees this morning with a friend of mine. Uh, it's great because he lives up the road and we just meet at the park and normally do our runs in the morning. Um, also took a long time to get used to that because it's not fresh out here. I mean, you just look outside and you can just see the fog. <laughs> but uh, luckily in my neighborhood, um, when you over there's like nice trees and everything which was actually one of the things I looked for when I was looking for an apartment. I was like, does this, does this um, neighborhood have trees? If it does, then I'll go for it. So I still do my um, my running. Um, I, I did do yoga, but again, uh, you know, I get a lot of grief uh, being a black guy doing yoga. People are always like, geez, this guy. Um, so if uh, you had to describe your relationship with alcohol these days, uh, what would you say? I have no issues with it, but it's like uh, I manage it. Um, and I think it's just one of those things that 
you have to be cognizant of because yeah. it is a dangerous thing. Um, yeah. If you do not manage it, you can easily get swallowed by it, you know? And I make sure when I'm like maybe um, not feeling great, like maybe, you know, we all go through some sort of dips during the year. Um, be cognizant, like stay away from it because what it's going to do is just lure you in. And that's what people do end up going and having yeah. a lot more drinks. So I'm a lot more aware of it. Me going for a drink. Is it, is it really fun or am I trying to run, run away from something? And, um, and, and, and I think it's just something that one will have to manage for the rest of their lives, you know? Yeah. Um, and and then the more you go out and like I say, I've moved to Joburg now, and I see the effects that it has on on people physically and emotionally. I I I I I'm more careful about it. Yeah. And do you ever feel yourself slipping? You know, do you, are you in the routine where you think, oh, you know, the last two weeks I've maybe gone over the top a bit. I'll I'll pull back now. Are you in that space or or not? I wouldn't say I'm in this place now, but like there were times last year when I moved back where like, again, you know, you're trying to restart a life again. Um, and, you know, when I'm out with these new people and, you know, you end up having a bender, so to speak. And mm-hmm. you're like, why, 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 why am I doing this? Like, yeah, why am I doing this? It's so stupid. It's so expensive. Um, there really is no upside, you know? No. Um, no. And in fact, it, it can increase anxiety, alcohol, I think. It can. I mean, just... Yeah, we, we take it to try and dampen things down, but it's um, it's been proven to make us more stressed and more more anxious in the long run. So, but like, yeah, I, like I said, I, I, I manage it. I watch it like a hawker. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, yeah yeah well well done you know what all i can say to you is well done first of all for coming along to a workshop at such a tender age you know as no doubt you noticed um mostly yeah. mature ladies there because yeah. you know people like me we we've just let it creep up on us over the years over the decades mm. and then we've got hooked but you've been intelligent enough to recognize that this could be a possibility so you're going to you know manage it and and now you're in that very fortunate position which people most of the people in our community are very jealous because you're you're able to to drink now and again but you know it doesn't develop into a, a huge problem for you because you've, yeah. you've got it under control such an extreme relationship with, with a lot of people right there are very few people that can and i think it's something that you mentioned in the workshop that can actually manage it right it's mm. like some people either are all in and they yeah. drink like fishes, or yeah. they just don't drink at all. And then you find yeah. yourself in the middle there where, you know, you with like one or two of your mates that don't drink and you're like, you know, you really genuinely want to just go out and have a drink or two with them. Um, and, you know, they don't really want to because they're not uh, drinkers. Or <laughs> it's the other guys who, <laughs> you know, if you go out with them, it's a, it's a few thousand rand down the drain and, you know, a few litres in your belly. Okay, well, my, my last question really is, um, 
If, if there's somebody listening to this who is a bit like you, you know, they haven't got a problem, like like many people that come to a problem that, and they usually need to give up completely to deal with that problem, a bit like yeah. like I have. But you, you're in that fortunate position where you, you've nipped it on the bud, in the bud before it be, it's become a problem. So what would you say to motivate somebody like yourself that um, – thinks you know that they might be drinking too much sometimes i i think if you think about it if you think you're drinking too much you probably are drinking too much That's Absolutely. <laughs> number one yeah. uh yeah. number two is what do you have to lose by just taking you know four weeks off i mean it's just alcohol what do you have to lose by taking four weeks off and just seeing how you feel and just yeah, yeah. also having the, the knowledge of being in control and not being controlled by this yeah. thing. You know, as much as we use it to enjoy it, come on, guys, let's not be idiots. You know what I mean? Go look at the, any stock exchange. You know, every stock exchange, one of the top 10 companies is the alcohol companies. You know what I mean? What do you think yeah. they do? You know, I mean, they got half the world literally addicted. And being addicted to alcohol doesn't mean you're getting destroyed every night and crawling home or, you know what I mean, becoming this violent person. No, that's not what being uh, addicted to alcohol means. Being addicted to alcohol means you just can't fathom your life or your weekends or anything without it. Um, and that means someone else is controlling you. And yeah. I mean, it's, it's it's beautiful knowing that you you you're not a sheep, and you're not being not being controlled. So I just say like, just give it a shot. Take take four weeks, four weeks out of your life. You could be 25 years old, you could be 60 years old. It's four weeks of your life, and if you can't do that, my friend, you know you've got a problem. Yes. Having done like six months, you really really do feel. You feel incredible. You get mental clarity. It'll do wonders. And a lot of the people that I met there at the World Without Wine, what it's done for their wider lives has been incredible. Because, yeah. I mean, some people improve their relationships with their children, with their spouses, yeah, yeah. with their friends. Why wouldn't you want to do that for your for yourself? And honestly, exactly. if you have to choose, if you're one of the people that can't uh, manage it and you have to choose the with or without come on, I would choose the without any day. And if, I mean, because you can't, I can't, I don't want to walk around here acting like I've got things. And I'm only 35 years old. You know what I mean? My life can go either way. And um, if I get to a stage in a year or five or 10 where I feel like this thing is, I'll choose the leave it completely if it gets to that stage. Yeah, yeah. It's not even a, there's no two ways about it for me. Yeah, because we're we're also health conscious, aren't we? You know, with the the yoga and the gluten free and the organic and the exercise, and then some of us, you know, are drinking a bottle of uh, of wine every night. Which yeah, and and the last thing was like, you know, just I mean, we are in an interesting time now. This whole COVID nineteen, and you know, a lot of people haven't had access to to alcohol for. <laughs> for two months, you know, or even some people that had enough stock for two, three weeks as initially projected. Um, and now it's gone on for two months and they haven't had access to alcohol. The, the cleanse was forced down upon them. 
one of my uncles who let's just call him the black sheep of the family <laughs> and he's like a chronic alcoholic you know and yeah. i looked at this oak and i was like guys what's happening with him he looks human you know he looks healthy he is speaking sense and then i went to go chat to him and he was like yeah i'm even eating three meals a day now and i'm like wow this thing is powerful yeah. i mean yeah, if it yeah. could change your oak like that in two months, yeah. imagine what it can do for you. We've seen the uh, the positive effects the alcohol ban has had. I'm certainly not calling for a ban on alcohol, but I'm definitely calling for much stricter regulation on alcohol. Yes, yeah. I mean, we've, we've made it like, you know, it's so accessible. It's like a loaf of bread. Yeah. You know what I mean? There's more yeah. alcohol ads than, you know, staple food. You know what I mean? And, and, and that's just unacceptable. I think we need to really, I think maybe go the cigarette route where you shouldn't be advertising alcohol in every single billboard, on TV, on the radio. You know what I mean? If you want to advertise alcohol, go do it at like events that cater to people that are 18 and above. And and we need to, man. Africa's got a really young population. So yeah, I know. Come on, let's let's be smart. Let's start using data. Let's start protecting our people yeah. and our next generation. And like, you know, start putting out positive messages out there. Thank you so much, Tatso. It's been really great to catch up with you again after all this time. As usual, I'm going to pull out three points from that conversation. Otazzo came along to the workshop with a very unusual objective. As an ambitious 32-year-old working in a boozy banking environment, he'd come to a conclusion. He could either be a sheep or a rebel. He could either join in all the drinking sessions with enthusiasm, or he could pull back a little. And it worked. Otazzo even wrote a blog about it. How sobriety gave me an edge. I'll put it in the show notes. Do check it out. Secondly, he was clever enough to perceive the damage that alcohol could do and decided he didn't actually want to live his life like that. He realised that if you were going to drink alcohol, then you would need to learn how to manage it. Many of us have no idea of the harm that alcohol can do to our bodies and our minds. But Hotatso had worked it out pretty quickly. And finally, I was thrilled that the messages from the workshop had stayed with him over the years. As a result of the workshop, he was able to take a six-month break from alcohol and reset his drinking habits. At the end of the six months, not only did he feel fantastic, but he was able to drink within the recommended limits. He also felt better able to cope with any peer pressure. I love the way he turned the tables on his colleagues and said, If anyone round here should be judging, it should be me judging you. How true is that? So an inspirational message in this episode for younger people, educate yourself about alcohol, about the harm it can do, and understand that drinking more than a bottle and a half of wine a week, or more than six beers a week, can damage your health. Stay aware and vigilant, and you may just be able to develop a healthy relationship with alcohol which will mean that you're able to drink moderately for the rest of your life. This message does seem to be getting through. There's a definite culture change going on. There's a shift to sobriety. And in the UK, 25% of young people don't drink at all. 
thanks to the sober curious movement, it's actually becoming hip not to drink. And that can only be a good thing. Thank you so much for listening. Please subscribe, share and leave us a review. See you next time. Ditching the drink is like climbing a mountain. It's hard. It takes courage and grit and an experienced guide. And that's where we come in. Here at Tribe Sober, we've climbed that mountain and we know the view from the top is amazing. We've used our experience to put together a unique membership program that will support you all the way. We've got challenges, chat rooms, sober buddies, trackers, and milestone awards, and that's just for starters. So head on over to tribesober.com and check out our membership program. It's the essential resource for anyone looking to ditch the drink and change their life.